Welcome to You, But More Powerful. I'm your host, Rhiannon, and this is your go-to podcast for raw and expansive messages from health, fitness, business, and mindset, and as always, with a little bit of fun sprinkled in. My purpose is to help you step into your most powerful self and build your dream life. You'll gain clarity, connection, and confidence with a whole lot of practical skills along the way. I know you're in exactly the right place to level up, build the body, mindset, and life you absolutely love and thrive in. Let's go. Hey guys, we are back with another podcast episode and I have a special guest, client, friend, Ellie. Hello. (laughs) Hello. I always were just having a chat off air saying it's always weird to start with. I'm like, you know what, how should I do this new introduction? Um, But if we just kind of get into it and do it on the fly, like I tell everyone, just face your fears and just do something. Mm -hmm. that's it just go with the flow that's it take action and the rest will fall into place after the fact so today we are going to be going through so much like honestly so many things and we could probably talk I reckon for about 10 hours I agree there's lots to talk about (laughs) We, we won't do that to you guys like we might have to split things up into a couple of episodes and I just thought I should just warn anyone um, as my voice it might start to get a little bit husky because when I do start to talk I'm coming off the back end of not being well I've noticed when I've talked for more than half an hour I start to get a little bit um, raspy in the voice but we'll we'll be fine (laughs) so I wanted to kind of get into a bit of a like to start with a bit of a who what where of you and kind of where you started we've been working together for like just shy of 12 months I think is that yeah 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 that sounds right I think we started in July last year yeah wow Mm. I, for some yep. reason it was later than that that's crazy yeah yeah it's been a, it's gone so quick so yeah. that's insane that's so cool like obviously I have all that data but I'm not like we I keep telling everyone you know what I should start doing is celebrating the anniversaries like you're like hi oh, yeah. <laughs> I met you on this date <laughs> oh that would be good that's so funny no I love it <laughs> Obviously, like I, I, again, it's funny. I do remember the first kind of conversations and us talking in the DMs just around like going into a growth phase and like focusing on building more muscle and just kind of getting an understanding. Like, you know, um, everyone is at different stages in their journey. I hate using that word, but here we are. And obviously you'd already had a lot of, um, you know, experience in a gym, familiar with your way around. Um, You've done, you know, a lot of like challenges and work and all that kind of stuff prior to us ever working together. So I just wanted to get a bit of a background and a bit of a history of like, what were you doing before we kind of began? So I started off, I probably signed up at the gym probably 10 years ago now. I'd say it'd be about 10 years ago this year. Um, And I started with yeah, I know. I know. I should have an anniversary for that. You should. Um, um, yeah. So I started, I joined up at Anytime Fitness with a friend of mine and we just started by just kind of winging it, going in there and just learning the equipment. Then I got, we got a PT and we did like classes together. Um, I did that for a few years and it was kind of just, um, it was still fun. Like we were just kind of like noobs and stuff. So And then um, I got into running at the same time. Like I really enjoyed um, like going for runs and running on the treadmill and stuff. So I did that as well as that. And that's kind of what like sparked the love for the gym. Like that kind of what got me going. Um, 
in the time from then till now I've done you know F45 I did that for a few years and I really like that was good for me at the time because I felt like I was in a bit of a slump with the gym like I wasn't enjoying the weight training like I used to it wasn't consistent for many years and then um, after F45 I got back in into the weights um and was kind of just doing online programs with a few like of the instagram coaches and stuff like that so that got me back into loving the weights again and then that's when i found it yeah i love like i think we had this combo is like the whole when you went to the f45 style thing like i connect with that is because that was kind of like my sporting background so like everything you mentioned it's kind of like you start out you're doing a little bit of this you do a little bit of that then you start doing a bit more of this and you realize like it's not exactly like and everyone's tastes and things change over time as well and the results that you're desiring and like your life you know changes as well um depending on like what you're enjoying at the time or what result you're actually after. And I do remember us kind of chatting is like, you know, those things, like you said, they served a purpose and, you know, you, you get a certain level of results, especially when it comes to those class style training sessions or F45, but then it's like, okay, what, what's after those challenges or what's after that? And like, how can you progress and move through like breakdowns in strength or barriers or plateaus and I think we were specifically talking around your deadlift at the time and you're like oh no nah, not deadlifting <laughs> but it's funny because I was yeah. in your um goals section and I was like oh you've honestly like knocked it out of the park this whole time so I think it's probably a good segue is to go straight in and talk about the deadlift um because mm-hmm. popped up a post a couple of, with my timelining it was probably a couple of months ago but it feels like last week when you were like like, you know before we started working together you weren't feeling like confident with deadlifting are you able to elaborate a little bit more on like yeah where you were at with that yeah so I when I started at the gym it was never really a lift I learned to do properly um when I was doing kind of my own thing if it was in something like it was programmed into something I would just swap it out because I would avoid it just because I didn't want to get injured because, you know, you hear everybody, I hurt my back to and deadlifts and all that sort of thing. So I just avoided it. Like I would just completely not do deadlifts at all. And then, yeah, so when when you and I started together, we chatted about the deadlifts in proper form and I'm like, yeah, well, I want to be able to learn how to do a deadlift properly without hurting myself. And then now we've gone from learning how to do it and now we're trying to get like a goal, like hit a, a weight goal. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah, for sure. And like, just for those that are listening, like we know our stats and where you're at and I've got your stuff up here on the side so I can see it as well. But just reflecting on like your, again, that word journey, I keep saying it, I need to find yeah. another one. But it's like, when you think about where you start and it is, it's normal, it's fearful. Like I have conversations a lot around like my, my lower back hurts. And whilst like lower back pain is common, it doesn't mean it's normal, right? So we kind of need to get to the root cause And there's also a little bit of that, like you mentioned, that fear factor. And it is, it's kind of like, well, there's nothing wrong with that. It's like, I don't, I don't want to injure myself and things are going all right. So we'll, we'll park it and leave it for now. But we went from like, from there, getting the technique, right. You know, and again, credit to you and the hard work you put in, like 
for those listening, they need to hear it. You're religiously sending in your videos. You're constantly asking for form feedback and, you know, we're analyzing all the bits and pieces and move this here, do this, try this and changing up the way, you know, we're doing things. And you're like, this feels a bit shit. And I'm like, I know, but trust me, like it's going to pay off. And, you know, Mm -hmm. putting in the hard work, it's like doing the things that you don't want to do for that result. And then now it's like, okay, progressing through the ranks quite quickly, more than body weight deadlift for reps now. And now it's like, let's try and hit that, 100 club really like you know yeah just get there like let's smash it out of the park (laughs) yeah it was something that I probably never thought I could do um well I avoided doing it so there was no way I was going to get stronger yeah but yeah now that now that we've been working on it I'm pretty confident that we'll smash that oh for sure and like how how does that make you feel oh proud like I'm pretty happy with like the progress you know you think you get to a point in your like gym life that you kind of can't get any stronger or get any better at something, but you're always learning. And it's so like, it's fun to learn a new thing. Yeah, for sure. And I think like that point that you just mentioned around, like you get to a point and you think that's kind of it. I think that's a really common for everyone in all different areas. And I relate training to a lot of different life circumstances or business or career or whatever. And it's like, you do, you kind of get into that complacent stage of like, you know what, like I've made some good progress. I'm happy with that. And it's like, it's awesome that we feel confident in ourselves at that point. But then it's like, let's not sell ourselves short and try and what is our true potential? Like, let's get it. There's always that next level that you can get to. And I think there's a couple of things that happen and we could go down rabbit holes, but it's like, sometimes we think, okay, you know, if I can't get there quick enough, I'm just going to give it up altogether or the other side of like, oh, I'm just not kind of going to, I'm not even going to try, but it's like the people that have the courage like yourself to go, you know what, I'm going to give it a go. And, you know, if you don't know how to do it, that's fine. Once you know better, you can do better. And then the results come in thick and fast for yourself. Like you can see it. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. And like even just like witnessing, like just see the, the thing and not to make it about myself, but just to see you go from, I'm not feeling confident doing deadlifts to be like, I'm confident I'm going to get a hundred kilo deadlifts. Like no problem. That just like lights a fire. Like I hope in you, but in me, I'm like, that is amazing because I, I just, I don't like people feeling restricted or like, I can't, I'm not, I can't, or I'm not going to do it. And the fact that you've taken it on, it's awesome. Hey, it's Re interrupting your episode to let you know about our next event, Spartan Race. If you've ever wanted to test out your fitness in a functional, fun, and team environment, this is the thing. Maybe you were the person who played sports growing up, or you just love the idea of working as a team heading towards a common goal. You may have even seen a few military-style courses on TV and thought, why not? Let me add it. Or you could be the person who's super afraid, but this is the exact thing they need to take on to get out of their own way, build new friends and get out of their comfort zone. You literally have until the 27th of May to grab your ticket and join the team because the training season kicks off then. The countdown has well and truly begun. It's going to be a fun day filled with laughs, mud, hard work, and so much fun along the way. So what are you waiting for? Sign up now. All the links are in the show notes below. So check it out. Ask me any questions or grab your ticket. I'm so excited to have you there typically depending, um, you know, it might even extend out longer. And then it's like, you know, just checking in and make sure that one, the goals are still relevant. You and I are on the same page. I'm helping you move in the direction that you want to go. And then, yeah, just seeing like what, what's working and, and what's not working. And then part of that is like when that new, uh, I guess, block gets loaded, setting some intentions or some mini goals for that next training block. And so 
some people set a heap of goals. Some people set a couple, some people set some stretch goals. And again, like consistency. And I harp on about that, but this is just another, I guess, is it like notch on your belt or whatever you want to call it for you like to be proud of is that you're consistently in there going, okay, what are my goals for this training block? And it's like that performance focus has fueled and we'll get into the physique stuff because really like that's the main focus. Hey, like that physique (laughs) result as well. Yeah. 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 So it's like, we're talking about all the strength wins and the performance gains, but like the love for like seeing the physique change. And it's like, these things do go hand in hand and there is a crossover. We're in a fat loss phase now and that strength is starting to die, but it will come back. Um, but just seeing the consistency in you actually setting those intentions for your uh, mini goals for the actual training block. And then it's like, just to remind everyone at home, it's like, then when you actually set that intention, you're so much more likely to get there. And I don't think there's been many that you've had to cross over and roll over to the next training block. Like you've smashed them. Yeah. I think most of them, I think maybe this block, not so much <laughs> being okay. in the deficit, but um, yeah, no, nah, it's, I've set realistic goals. And then that just makes it more achievable as well. So do you think like, I I don't know, I'm just curious to know is like, does that help you when things start to feel a bit shitty? Cause like, let's be real. No one feels perfect. Like every single day of the year, there's 360, 365 days. There's going to be days where we're dragging our feet, right. Or work stressful, or it's that time of the month, whatever. When you set those mini goals and have them on that more realistic side, is that something that helps you stay focused? Like even on the days you don't want to train? Yeah, definitely. I think that having um, achievable goals, you just not, you don't feel like you're just trying to get to a point you're never getting there. So just by ticking off the small things that, you know, you can do, just it makes it easier to get to the bigger goal. Yeah, for sure. And the one that just sprung to mind as well is your pull-up goal. So (laughs) you're like, yeah, I've smashed that now. (laughs) Um, Because it started out, correct me if I'm wrong, as one bodyweight pull-up. I think so. Yeah. I'm trying to go back. I know we've updated them or maybe it wasn't one. Okay. It might've been a, it might've been a set. I'm, I'm trying to think now, but then I just seeing obviously throughout that time of those different training blocks. And again, like there's been multiple different training blocks focusing on different weaknesses to progress. Like we haven't just gone zero to a hundred with the deadlift. Like we've done these things in, you know, blocks and phases. Um, and then, you know, sometimes it's like, all right, we're going to sacrifice a little bit of this kind of work to channel in a little bit more glute focus work and then upper body focus work and all that kind of stuff. I could nerd out on that for ages, but I might, save that for another podcast episode um but then it's like yeah seeing those body weight pull-ups come through I want you to talk to me about like the the moments leading into you getting these 10 body weight pull-ups and then how it felt after you achieved it so yeah I think I started off it was probably about three or four I could do yeah. and it, it was hard they're really hard to do and each week I would just aim to just add one more to each set, like add one more rep, one more rep, one more rep, two if I could. But, um, and then, yeah, so it just was getting to the point. And I think I got to, um, I got to eight the week before I actually got to the 10. Um, I got to the eight and I was like, so hard. Like I was trying to get it, but I was just like, it's not happening this week. And then the day that I went in and got it, I'm like, today's the day. Like I'm feeling it. I'm feeling confident. I'm fed. I'm like feeling strong. Got it. And it was, it was the best feeling. It was so good. I was like, cause I feel like pull-ups are just like such a boss thing to do. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it was pretty good feeling doing that. Yeah. No, that's like, honestly, that's like trophy material. Get that trophy. (laughs) 
it is, it's like it's kind of that like especially and people are very much underrate certain body weight movements like push-ups and things like that and like pull-ups and all that kind of stuff and it's like yeah there's there's some serious like I guess I was gonna say street cred but it's really gym cred <laughs> where you're like I'm repping these out bitches and then I tried to add something you're like can you just wait until we've got a little bit more food and I was like yeah okay <laughs> yeah we'll we'll park that we'll park that I um yeah yeah actually that's probably <laughs> now I'm gonna jump around between training and nutrition but hey it wouldn't be a podcast with me if that wasn't the case because we're a little bit random but we're going with it that's a good segue into nutrition stuff is like, cause what you, what really sparked then is that fact that you were fueled, like you were fed, you were good to go. And I know we actually spoke um, the other day around the whole, if it fits your macros and filling your diet full of like heavily processed stuff. And again, I'll go on this in, in a more detailed topic, but I actually want to chat a little bit more about where you started with the nutrition. Cause we did focus a lot in the beginning stages, a big eyes over of my fitness power. Like you're already, you know, know how to use it, fill feeling good, feeling confident. Um, so for those that aren't there yet, you know, it's a little bit different. Once you get to that stage, then you can start to pull apart different things that I really try to stress the importance is like, no one should compare their day one or day 10 to someone's day 10 years. You know what I mean? Like it's not like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you want to say anything on that actually? Um, uh, so with the, my fitness pal, I think it it does take time. Like that's something you have to kind of understand when you start off is that you know 10 years later like I'm still learning stuff now and you know it just you never stop learning with my fitness pal and tracking and all of that sort of stuff so and I think it perfectly said because it does it does take time and what I do try to do is try and time collapse you know try and make my 10 years worth of like troubleshooting random things into a much more condensed time frame but it still requires that intention and that effort and I'm actually thinking about someone in the team now who's actually just starting to learn it and the main focus is just starting to put certain recipes and foods in there not worrying about getting it all perfect any of that kind of stuff utilizing it as a tool to learn and I think you and I probably share the same kind of view on this and correct me if I'm wrong is that my fitness power can get a bit of a bad rap but if you use it for good rather than evil like using it to actually learn more about foods rather than being like oh I missed my carbs by one gram there's there's the, the positives far outweigh the negatives yeah definitely I'm with you on that yeah and look like this isn't for everyone. And I'm not talking about any kind of like disordered eating behaviors and there's all that kind of stuff, but I definitely think intention is definitely everything. Um, and yeah, it, it can be a very useful tool. I know that I wouldn't have, you know, been able to learn as much as I did in the beginning stages or even have that passion to then study sports nutrition if I hadn't abused my fitness pal. And I think like, uh, we've, you know, we're around a similar age and we've been in the gym around a similar time frame. And so I remember kind of when I first started in those, it sounds like when you were first working with the PT um, and that's kind of where I was at as well as in the gym, working with the PT, I was eating, you know, the meal plans, like have almonds and then have like tuna, <laughs> like all this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> very, um, very similar, like meal plans like cookie cutter stuff that was just going doing the rounds but like yeah it was you know helpful to like learn stuff at the time but I you know to think about like back then there actually wasn't really as much or in the in the crowds that I was in as much of an emphasis around your micronutrients and like the actual quality of food that you were eating and so I want to preface this before I you know open it up for you to have a chat about is that when it comes to getting in shape Sure, you can get in shape and you can do it in a really 
crash dieting terrible kind of way and fuck stuff up and not have, you know, the energy and the your hormones here, there and everywhere. I don't want to talk about hormones too much because it's obviously outside of the scope, but you can do that. Yes. But like, are you going to sustain that in the long run? Probably no. And is it going to lead to other health complications? Potentially. And, and most probably when it comes to like back, you know, first learning about if it fits your macros, it, essentially for those that don't know, it's just being able to focus on hitting your protein, carbs and fats within your total calories and not really paying too much consideration to the quality of food. What was your, like, what's the difference now? comparatively to then and what are the benefits that you've seen from implementing more quality and nutrient-dense foods into your diet? So the difference now is that I view food more as fuel. So like I plan my meals to work with how my day is going to go and like training and all of that sort of thing. Um, Whereas I used to just try and fit in what I could into my calories without really paying too much attention, like you said, to the quality of the food. Um, And the biggest difference is is how I feel. Like, I, you know, not trying to fit in all of those, what do you call it when the, like the health marketed foods? Yeah. So all your things that say, oh, yes, it's healthy, this, this, and this. But then it's taught me about food quality and, yeah, how it makes me feel. So now, like I said to you, I think in last week's check-in, like I feel the healthiest I've ever felt. Um, I'm fuller from eating more vegetables. I just just feel a lot better. Yeah, which is awesome because like to kind of add to that is it's like the healthiest that you've ever felt at, I'm assuming the leanest that you've been with like the muscle mass that you have. With them, yeah, with the muscle mass that I have, yeah, definitely. Yeah, which is like, like to get there, we need to make sure that we are like mostly whole foods and like, you know, 20% of those sometimes, like Easter eggs, like they're coming up after this fat loss phase, like, you know, you say <laughs> they're sitting in the cupboard. <laughs> Actually, that's a good one to talk about is it's like you need to set your environment up for success. So tell me about how you've stored your Easter eggs. And it's been what, three, three weeks since Easter, two weeks? Yeah, three weeks. So I didn't plan to get any chocolate, um, but my family bought my husband and I a couple of Easter bunnies each. Um, And as tempting as it was to just devour them the night that I got them, I popped them away in the pantry in a spot where I couldn't see them um and they've been there since then I think Harley spotted them Harley's my husband he spotted them um the other week and was like oh why didn't you tell me these are here and I was like don't eat them they're mine um and they were slightly in my vision so I just pushed them back in and then I was good I haven't thought about them since (laughs) it's so good and like I think this is a it's obviously the phase that you're in it's a fat loss phase like you've chosen to be there and that's those things and the process that gets you the result right and it's not restriction mindset it's literally this isn't going to give me the fuel for the sessions that I'm trying to hit for the acute period of time I'm in it however when I have more flexibility in terms of like actual macros and calories back when you're, you know, jumping back out of this and getting towards that maintenance level, you have more flexibility to add some of these sometimes foods in. But I think like the whole point is like, you need to set your environment up for success and out of sight, out of mind is perfect. If you can't, you know, obviously you've been gifted those, like there's still things you want to have, but just choosing like you, I guess like choosing when you're going to have it and when it's going to best suit you and your needs rather than feeling like I cannot have it. And then so when you say you can't have it, you want it. It's like, no, I can have this. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, up until probably I think the last two weeks or so, I have been having chocolate, you know, I've been including it into my, into my meals and it's just, you know, like you said, you know, the calories are a little bit lower. You just got to kind of make the choice, whether it's going to be worth having that little bit of chocolate rather than a full meal. So, yeah. And look, sometimes it is like that. I think that's a big thing is like the trade-off it's yours to have, you know, as an example, I've prepped my meals this week and actually intentionally left like calorie banked them to allow myself to either have um, a mug cake or another, you know, similar calorie snack. If I choose to do so, haven't really planned to. And I would have guessed that I would have probably wanted it yesterday, given where I'm at in my cycle, but I didn't want it. And I was like, perfect. I can just add a little bit more sauce and flavor into these other meals. It's just the choice that you give yourself of like, if I want to have that, cool, I'll have it, but I'm going to maybe sacrifice a little bit of like hunger pains because it's not going to keep me as full. But if I want to do it, that's my choice. Like that's what it's yeah. Know, about. Yeah, not just eating it because it's there and just being able to go, oh, I actually do feel like a little bit of chocolate. I can fit that in somewhere. I can make that work. 100%. Okay. I actually did want to talk. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit more on that if it fits your macros. And it's like, so, you know, obviously focusing, like when, when we're talking about like these health marketed foods, it's, it's your things like your, like they're not from the ground, you know, they're that, that processed um, item that's saying gluten-free or healthy or high protein. And actually I could talk on this stuff for ages. It's my pet peeve is high protein when it's like oh, yeah. four grams of protein. Yeah. And like, you can get something that's not marketed as high protein and it's like 15 grams or 20 grams. And you just like, <laughs> I, that, that kills me. But also like, I also feel really good being able to like highlight that stuff, you know, and be like, Hey, like, let's look at the nutrition labels. Like, let's learn how to read this stuff. But it just makes every time I think about it, I was like, bless my dad. He's the best, but he'll be like, Oh, I've got some protein bars. And then he was showing me these like nut bars that say high protein on it. And I was like, this is such a perfect example. Like, this is not a protein bar. I was like, if you like it, you can have it. Like, <laughs> I'm like, let's try. Yeah, thank A for effort. That's it. I know, it me. It's so good. But with the, like, yeah, if it fits your macro stuff, it's like, what what's your thoughts on, this is a big topic, social media and social media's impact in, I guess like from, from my understanding, and I don't want to put my bias on it, but I, I see a lot of like glorification of like how you can have all of these, I'm going to call them desserts for breakfast, right? Like very, yeah, I can tell in your face already. You're like, <laughs> yeah. And like, it's, it's not to say, no, you can't have chocolate and you can't add these things and you can't make things flavorsome, but especially like starting off, I, I see a lot of like really high carbohydrate, very low fat and potentially lower on the protein source in the morning when the person trains in the afternoon and they haven't learned about like meal timing and all that kind of stuff. And admittedly, we don't need to go down that rabbit hole in the very beginning stages. Um, but I know when we were kind of like eyes over, we just changed a few things around of what you were already doing. And that started to really make the world of difference. What do you, what do you think is like, what's your opinion on that and social media? I hope you're enjoying this episode. I just wanted to take a quick break to let you know how you can work with me. I currently have places inside of the Glow Up program. If you don't know what this is, it is a completely personalized programming, nutrition, and education online coaching service. I've specifically designed this to help women get strong and shape their physique, whether that's lose fat, build muscle, or both. 
The Glow Up is best suited for women who love lifting, but haven't ever had their programming or nutrition customized specifically to them. Maybe you've dabbled in some classes or you've seen some results from PDFs and other app programs. You wanna get better, more efficient and long-term sustainable results, all whilst learning a whole heap about your body along the way. Maybe you've had a coach before, but you're still struggling with overtraining, undereating, and that all or nothing fixed mindset approach. Nothing is ever good enough and you wanna be able to hit those results without constantly crashing and burning or just burning the candle at both ends. To claim your spot, DM me the glow up on Instagram or hit the show notes for your application form. I'll be in touch to let you know for a good fit. So I think social media is, they kind of, like you said, the glorify the as much chocolate as you can or whatever for breakfast because you can make it fit in your macros. But it's just by doing that, they're taking away from having the actual nutritional food. And I think that, you know, it doesn't have to be complicated. And I feel like they make all these recipes that have got, you know, 15 different ingredients in it, um, but it tastes like a Mars bar or something like that. And, you know, you could just have something so simple and have, you know, the same amount of fillingness from it and you can still get the reward from it without having to cook up a storm or anything like that. It's really, they just make it a bit more complicated. And I think that it's it's confusing for people just starting out. I think that rather than just trying to teach people eat more nutritious foods, um, you know, eat enough protein, drink enough water, go for a walk, rather than just teaching like the basic like habits that people should have, they just try and complicate it with all these crazy recipes and oh and they do have their place I think like you know you can fit it in somewhere if you really want to but sometimes it's just better to have the real thing yeah (laughs) you took the words out of my mouth I'm it's kind of sometimes it's like just have the Mars bar like (laughs) exactly yeah yeah go to all this effort to make these Mars bar slice that's got no fat in it or whatever but sometimes yeah you just go get the Mars bar have that exactly it's it's funny that you say that too is because it is like and I was just thinking as you said it I'm like it's just because like it's boring like it's boring to say drink more water have 400 grams worth of your vegetables I know I always say 450 grams is because everyone's so like when I say five I don't know when I say five serves of veg I remember when someone would tell me five serves of veg I'd go what the fuck is that like is that (laughs) five vegetables or like do you know what I mean so I was yeah okay have 450 grams roughly so like is your five serves but it is it's boring and it's repetitive but that's that's kind of the people that are getting the best results so someone like yourself smashing all this stuff that you're doing you've got those bare basics down pat you know what I mean you're planning things out you're prepping things you're progressively overloading in the gym you're looking after your nutrients like you're not blasting yourself full of caffeine having no you know nutrient dense foods and then just like eating all this stuff and going oh, I hit my protein and going to bed and then wondering why halfway through the week you're like I've got zero energy you know what I mean like <laughs> yeah those things throughout the week and don't get me wrong I do love Instagram for the fact of one, I, I run my business there and I think it's a, an awesome platform to be able to share just, you know, yourself um, or connecting with other people or like it's a great and useful tool for business. But I also do think that there's like a bit of a responsibility. I get, I don't know whether it's the person, the industry or like whatever it is, but a bit of a responsibility to share those 
bare basics. You know what I mean? Like if you want to share those like glorified foods, also share that most of your other foods throughout the day, you know, and you actually do a really, really good job of this. I love seeing your food posts come through your hospitality background, <laughs> clearly speaks <laughs> volumes, but it's like, you are eating mostly lean sources of protein, mostly vegetables, mostly, you know, some of those like your pre-workout carbs, having a lot of that fruits and things included in that. And then those sometimes foods and the fun foods, right? But I think there's certain, and I I do think it's shifting. Like I, I, have you seen a bit of a shift of people being able to share a little bit more transparency around that? Or are you still seeing accounts that are? Yeah, it's a bit of a hit and a miss. I think there is a lot of good accounts out there on Instagram that do share good information. Um, But on the other hand, there still is a lot. And it's hard because people will believe a lot of what they see on social media. So it's kind of just like making it harder for people who are learning still because they're like, well, who do I believe? And But I, I do think it has gotten a lot better than it used to be. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I agree with you on that. Like it does become confusing and I actually just popped into mind touching on like fad diets and the things that like we were speaking about some of the restrictions and things that were placed on certain like challenges. And we'll, we'll delve into that in just a sec, but it's like, it is still confusing for people. And it's it, the hardest part, I guess, like from an outside looking in, it's like, obviously I have the understanding from like, you know, the degree side of things of how it all sort of works. But it's like, I remember being in a point, you just think, okay, well, that person like has a six pack or they're really lean, like they must be healthy. And it's funny, like I even personally reflect on the times that I've been like way leaner than I am now. And I was like, I was not healthy. Like if we did my blood work, you know, even actually I was at a specialist today and looking back on my previous blood work. And I was like, I'm literally one of the, well, I've got a bit of stuff going on, but like prior to that, I was just like, you know, my, my blood work was the best it's sort of been. And then I compare it to where it was when I was considered healthy or you have that sort of status of it. And I'm like, like it's night and day. And, and for me, like, that's a really big passion point. And um, like, I guess, touchy subject of like, I really want to make sure people like are healthy in the long run like it's not just sacrifice all of your internal organs to look good for a day it's like let's just be vital like our vital organs still working when we're 80 and we can all be in the gym high-fiving each other <laughs> at deadlift PBs. but it's it's crazy though don't you reckon yeah it is it is I think that um I've started not having those pages in my feed like I don't follow people who aren't backed by science. I think that people who um, they're talking scientific facts and that makes it a lot easier to believe what they're saying. Whereas, you know, yeah, I think once you kind of weed out the ones that are just, yeah, they've got abs. Yeah. They've got a big bum, but you know, I don't know. It's sometimes it's genetic. Sometimes it's hard work and you just kind of got to weed out the ones that yeah, that aren't. And it is. And it's like, um, I guess, you know, obviously having a lot more experience, you've been in the game for a lot longer. It's like, you probably have a lot more, I guess, critical like skills to sort of, you know, okay, differentiate. Yep. That could be a little bit of genetics. That could be a little bit of this, could be a little bit of that, but you're right. It is so hard for someone like upcoming you know what I mean new to the industry being sold the whole, oh, if your um, blood type is this, do this you know, freaking diet and like that or like no carbs and no, don't eat carbs after 6 PM and fucking cut out dairy, cut out gluten, cut out everything. Cut Coffee. Out- oh, don't cut. Don't. My- <laughs> don't. 
um, don't need to name drop. I don't, you know, that's not the thing here, but I know that we sort of spoke about there were previous um, or, you know, programs, challenges, whatever you want to call it, where it was a little bit more on that restrictive side of like, cut this out, do this, do that. Can you elaborate a little bit more on like some of the things that you had experienced before you were able to move into more this evidence-based side? So yeah, when I did, um, I've done a fair few challenges, um, like, you know, your eight, 12 week sort of things. I didn't really have a good idea about nutrition at this point. So um, I was very meal-based, like a meal plan-based sort of thing. Like I'd be like, you tell me what to eat, you tell me when to work out and I'll do it. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of the time from my experience, I've learned that a lot of these challenges work because they just, I mean, they work the same way as any other, you know, fat loss thing would work is that you're in a calorie deficit, but they cut out a lot of things so um that's why it's working and it's not really sustainable after the fact I think like so at the start you know they'll cut out um red meat for example like you won't be able to have any red meat it'll just be like chicken or white fish and that's it and this is like the start of it when you you know you kind of should be easing into it and then they cut out you know no coffee on the first week no um just basically, you know, all of the good things, cutting out dairy and all of those things, even if you have no issues with dairy, they just would just be like, yep, that's it, cut it out. And, yeah, we saw results and they were quick results, but they weren't sustainable. No, and that's it. As yeah. soon as you go back to yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're back to square one. Yeah, exactly. And, like, you know, because we weren't really taught the like the nutrition part of it it was really hard to relay that after the fact like you can't just go back to your normal life and have no idea about why that worked yeah then you're just going to go back to your old habits and just gain all of the weight that you lost and I did that a few times around um and then that's when I you know I started learning a lot more about the nutrition side of things and then I've realized oh this is why it was working so well you know that the input was very low and the output was very high so of course that's going to see results but yeah like it was not maintainable after um so it was just more finding what worked for me after that yeah for sure and the diet after the diet is one of the things that is like so commonly missed um and that's mm. what kind of do lack it's like you get to this point where you know and and at the moment like things are quite low and then it's like all right the recovery phase after that like it's not just go back and 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 that's the thing too it's like if you go back to the previous version of yourself you have the same results they did you know what i mean you've changed into this new person it's like you need to learn to keep some of these things in adjust the right dials and again all all down to that kind of factual side um or evidence-based side i should say i actually wanted to ask you is like you know from your own perspective what have you found the biggest differences in terms of like doing those challenges as opposed to working how we've worked in this kind of coaching space with the challenges, they're generic. Um, it's not tailored to you, to your life. Um, you know, a 45-kilo female would be on the same meal plan as a 80-kilo man and, you know, it just wasn't tailored to your life or your, like, your body. But on top of that as well is that, like, the goals were different. Like, everybody had different goals and it just... I find that 
when we did like the group things, it wasn't real. You just didn't feel like you were like focused on a goal. It was more just like lose weight and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas when I joined, like when I started with you, like we had goals and it was tailored to me, it was tailored to my life. We worked with, you know, things that I couldn't do, things that I could do. And then, yeah, that just made it like way easier to reach goals when, yeah, you've got someone there to help you do that. Yeah, no. And like you're spot on when it comes to like the generic side of things, like it, it does. And, and and I've done this stuff in the past many, many years ago. I remember you get a bit of a result, but then you kind of hit those sticky spots and you just kind of like, where to from here? And everyone is just kind of like, oh yeah, just lose weight, lose weight, focus on like celebrating how much weight have you lost and who's lost the most amount of weight and it's funny like just to talk on um you know I've wanted to run like little like mini challenges and things within the group um at different times and just trying to play with different ideas of like someone who is already at like yourself at a more lean level you aren't gonna I'm gonna remind ourselves of when I said 100 kilo weight loss <laughs> I was like no 100 kilo deadlift 100 kilo weight loss you would be absolutely non-existent many many times ago but it's like you're not at that point where you have copious amounts of weight to lose right so if I'm like oh let's run a over the next eight weeks who can lose the most weight it's like for me like that doesn't sit with integrity because it's like that's just going to be detrimental to those that don't need to be losing weight I've got plenty of those in the team that actually need to be gaining weight and you know vice versa Mm. And it's like trying to work out like, you know, some of those things can be helpful in terms of like community. And we, we touched on this and like community building things or running the photo shoot this weekend and like bringing people together, but it's everyone celebrating their own individual goals and, you know, the own individual milestones that they've achieved along the way. When you're, when you're focused on like only you and yourself, um, would you say it's easier for you to, not easy, probably not the right word, but how has that improved or changed your confidence level when you're just focusing on the results that you're getting well you're not really comparing to other people I think that's probably the main thing is that you're not going oh that person they've already done five pull-ups this week and I can't even do two like it's you know you're not comparing and that you just focused on you and what you can achieve which is yeah much better yeah yeah no, it, yeah, you spot on because it's like it's, comparison is huge. Like I could talk mm. for ages and I'm like, no, I, I hope everyone listening is like, all right, you know, they hear like where you've come from, where you're at right now. And it's not like, oh, she smashed her 10 body weight pull-ups. Like let's think about, you know, regressing those exercises, getting to where and fine tuning things to get you to that position that you're now in. Um, and so I wanted to like segue now into some of your physique results, because I don't know if you've gone back through and punched some of your numbers. It is Re again, just interrupting you with a quick update to let you know about my free resource about lowering back pain with your lifts. We don't want every exercise to be a lower back exercise. So we want to make sure that we're executing well. So if you have been struggling with a little bit of lower back pain and you're in the business of getting strong and getting jacked, you're going to want to check that out. I'll leave it in the show notes below. Head back to the episode. Have you had a chance to go through? No, I I had a, only thing I looked at was um, the waist size yeah. and the scale weight. So from when we started, and then when we did the build phase and then to now, so. Yeah. Well, for those listening and to highlight, 15 centimetres off your waist. <laughs> Massive. <That's crazy>. <laughs> <laughs> like that's literally like three dress sizes in terms yeah. of sizing off your waist. So that's how hard wild. for you to find clothes now? 
well, my work pants don't fit anymore, which was a struggle in the first place anyway, because I, they don't make work pants for women that go to the gym. It's really weird. Like unless you get an elastic waist, it's not going to fit. It'll fit in one place, but not the other. Yeah. I, um, <laughs> I'm laughing at like, I was recently a bridesmaid and I was telling everyone, I was like, I'm really sorry, but like, that isn't like, I won't, it won't work. Like I can't wear that style. It either needs to be stretchy or it needs to have a split or something because it's just not, it's all not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, 15 centimeters from the waist, 48 centimeters in total off your whole body, which is wow. ridiculous. That's crazy. Yeah. Like that's I didn't realize. Yeah. You need to, that's, a, that's another one, another milestone. You, oh, I'm having it like I'm an idea. I was like at the photo shoot, I was like, we should put like stats and things and like hold them up and get like a cute little photo. I feel like that would be fun. Oh, that would be good. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Like, don't worry. I have like ideas galore. You guys are going to get spammed over the next sort of 24 hours. I know you guys have been in the group chat, but I'll be in there spamming everyone. Um, And let me check. I think I only checked from where we were at in the growth phase actually, but then having a look yeah, five, 5.3 kilos, 5.2 kilos. Does that sound right? I think it's a little bit more. I actually think it is more now, actually. Hang yeah, on. yeah. Sorry, okay. I don't have it in front of me. Let me check. I have to, I need to calculate it now. It says 5.2 kilos there, but that could be, I'm like, I swear it's different. Oh, you know what? That's, no, I'm comparing to where we first started. I was like, why does it say 5.2 kilos? But then we increased through the growth phase. We got up, yeah. yeah, another. So it's like from the from the peak of your growth phase, we were sitting at, yeah, so that's 6.9. Does that sound more accurate? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Again, like I think is a really big thing to hear. It's like 48 centimeters off your body, 15 centimeters off your waist, and five to six to seven kilos, depending on whether we're comparing from start or growth phase start or wherever, people often get so fixated on this scale weight number. And it's like, mm -hmm. we can clearly see within your physique results that this is predominantly fat loss, right? So people think it happens at like, oh, I want to lose all this weight. And we're like, we actually want to maintain our muscle mass and we don't want to see weight pouring off week in week out which we kind of spoke about this check-in so I was like I'm not going to adjust things because we saw the drops that we needed to see and any more than that we're just starting to chew into some of our muscle tissue which is not the vibe because we work damn hard yeah, on ship. yeah exactly yeah that's gonna stay <laughs> yeah please keep that. <laughs> keep, keep that I was I was actually like having a look at it and I was like all right where are we at with the hip measurement like I'm gonna keep that up there like what do we need to do um do you have anything to like for those that are listening it's like anything to sort of say to them around the measurements and the scales like your perspective yeah well I think that um so with the scale weight, that's one thing I think that triggers a lot of people. Um, it's one thing that myself included was very focused on during my fitness journey um, because, you know, that's always kind of been drilled into us as the goal, lose weight, lose weight, lose weight. Um, but when you, you know, you take photos, you take measurements and you compare all of these things, you know, the scale weight usually goes up. And then you look better in the in your photos and you're like, what's going on? And then that's because, you know, you're building muscle. It's going in different places. So I think once you kind of get past the scale weight as, 
you know, the be all or end all and just see it as like a tool in a fat loss journey. I think that um, you kind of, it just takes away that like stress from weighing. Yeah, for sure. And I think like that, again, my mind just starts like ticking every time you say something. I was like, oh, 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 like drawing on those things. But thinking about like when, because we spend a bit of time like building habits, like I do with anyone and anyone that's listened. It's like we we work out where the habits are. We actually see where our maintenance is. Like it's a projected maintenance level. And then we need to collect the data to figure out like, is that actually where it is before we start going into something like a growth phase? Because we want to mitigate as much fat gain as possible. And if we don't know where the numbers are prior to that, you kind of just like, going in blind, kind of like yeah. throwing something at the wall, hoping it sticks, right? When, and you, I, I shared this on the Instagram, the that quote that you, or not the quote, the message that you sent through about like just reflecting on when you wanted to pull the pin during your growth phase. Can you talk a little bit more about like the challenges that you experienced in that first initial, I think it was about, I, I think it was about four weeks in and you were like, oh, yeah. Clap. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think it was either three or four weeks in and we, um, I was doing my weekly check-in photos. I was just feeling not the greatest. I was obviously putting on a bit of weight because I'm in a growth phase. Um, I wasn't feeling comfortable in my clothes. And I think with my check-in, I just said, I don't know. I don't know if I want to do this anymore. And you kind of just like pulled me back down and was like, you wanted to do this sort of thing. You know, this was, you know, the only way you're going to be able to get the results that you want is to step out of your comfort zone. Like you have to be uncomfortable for a little period of time to get these results. And I think I just needed you to say that to me because then I was like, oh yeah, yep. And my head was back in the game. (laughs) Yeah. And credit to you. Like I remember that moment was a very pivotal moment because you were like, you know what? game on. Like it's, I I need to step out of my comfort zone. I am going to do this stuff. You adopted that mindset. And, you know, like obviously that's part of that coaching is like, we're emotionally invested into our results rather than like being objective as, you know, being in a coaching space. And it was just like, all right, I'm choosing this. I'm choosing to do this. And I know that to get the results that I've never had, I need to do the things that I've never done. And this is kind of that area that yo-yo dieting isn't going to build glutes. It's not going to get you the physique that you want. And I think like, I wish I could like yell that from all the rooftops. And I'm sure you could, you could vouch for that too, telling everyone. (laughs) And it's like, you know, we, again, like a bit of a, a triage way of like, all right, actually work out, you know, are we in a position to be pursuing a growth phase, like someone who has, um, you know, higher levels of body fat, maybe it might be more optimal for us to pursue something like fat loss first and then transition phases or, or, you know, kind of assessing where we're at first, right? It's again, like personalized very much. So it's not just like, oh, everyone going to a growth phase now, if you want to build an ass, Um, but it's like, (laughs) you know, we need to assess those things. And I think in your words, like, how do you feel your results are like where you're at and, and peeling away and seeing what's under all the hard work that you've put in? How do you feel like comparatively to that moment of like, fuck, I don't know if I want to do this growth phase anymore versus now and like the, that kind of difference? Well, I, I'm glad I stuck with it. That's for sure. Yeah. And, you know, even just taking those photos to send to you for check-in, I was like, oh, I don't want to do this. And then, but I'm glad that I have those photos now because I can see like this is, you know, the comparison now. Um, but, you know, I've spent a lot of years wasting a lot of time um, 
not building and I'm really, really glad I did it because, you know, I was never going to get anywhere, like never going to get to my goals without doing it. Yeah. And then I think like that shift as well into spending more time growing than dieting and you're like, fuck yeah, bring it on. Like I'm going into a six month growth phase. Yeah. hundred percent. Like you do it once and you're like, I want to keep doing this. Like, <laughs> like it is like, I think obviously there's pros and cons to everything. Like overfeeding, like you start to feel full and your digestion mm. and, and menstrual cycle kicks in and shit's going everywhere. But then it's like, how much more energy did you have in the gym? How much more like just vitality did you have from this extra fuel? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. It was like super exciting to go to the gym because you're like, I could get a new PB today or yeah. like you just felt really strong and boss and it was just, it was a good feeling to train. You know, you didn't feel like you looked your best, but I think when you take away on how you feel about how you look and just go, how strong can I be today? It just makes it a lot easier. Yeah, for sure. And I'm a big advocate for, and and that's why we kind of set those performance goals in the beginning is like, because if we don't have that performance kind of focus, it doesn't need to be about, I want to be a power lifter or anything like that, but having those performance metrics to assess because your rate of progression is much quicker in a fat loss phase. Like that goes without saying, you know what I mean? You can see things strip off much quicker um, when you've got yeah. all, all your ducks in a row and everything moving how it should. Fat loss phase cheat sheet. You need to read that. Not you. I know you've read it, but everyone else <laughs> to optimize it. But it's like things happen much quicker. Then when we shift into a growth phase, things are going to move slower. And, you know, they are moving in that direction of where you feel more uncomfortable. Your clothes start to get a little bit tighter. And yeah, like you might feel a little bit fluffier and your body's holding extra water. But having the metrics of like, okay, this is actually what should be happening. What are we expecting to happen over this period of time? And then what's the exit strategy after that? And I think having an exit strategy for anything, a fat loss phase, a growth phase, whatever, it just psychologically gives you that, okay, like I'm choosing to be here and this is how I'm getting out of it and gives you that comfort to keep pushing forward. Would you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then it's like, things are moving slowly. Um, the weights in the gym aren't moving slowly, but you know, everything else is like moving at a slower rate. So having those other performance-based metrics are crucial to the success because if you weren't really focusing on like how strong you could feel, I guess, I don't want to put words into your mouth, but would you be kind of like, oh, time to pursue fat loss now? Cause I'm not really focused on the strength stuff. I just want to be lean again. Yeah. I think you really have to, if you want to do a build phase, you have to really include the strength, the strength stuff. Otherwise you're just going to want to pull the pin. Yeah. <laughs> so everyone out there thinking about building some muscle, it's doable, <laughs> but the right mindset and you got to be like focusing on other things outside the scales they're a useful tool like you said but yeah 100% agree with that I think um and it's an exciting time like when you start to shift from I just need to be the smallest version of myself to how can I be the strongest leanest fastest most powerful fucking most confident everything version and I think like just as we're starting to sort of like wrap up things I, like I said I could talk to you for 45 <laughs> hours and it would be good to keep you know touching base and be like all right where are we at now but it's like if you're if you were to give someone I guess either beginning like beginning their journey or thinking about pursuing a growth phase that's kind of two people so I'll remind you if you forget but like <laughs> what's the advice that you would give to those two people so probably advice to someone starting out is just nail the basics first. Don't 
overcomplicate it with fancy workouts or fancy recipes. Just like nail the basics, get your steps, get your water, get your nutrition good, train, you know, if you can only get to the gym two times a week, do that. You know, don't feel like you have to do what everybody else is doing. You need to just like find what works for you and nail that. And then, you know, find a coach is probably my next thing is yeah definitely get advice from people who know what they're talking about yeah and I didn't pay you to say that you just said (laughs) free advertising but it is true like and I think I like I have a coach for business for fitness like all this kind of stuff and I think sometimes you know people like coaches out there will be like oh I better not say and it's like no it's actually a really good thing because you're not emotionally invested in your own result but I always liken it to people at the top of their field they have like a team of like coach looking after their nutrition coach, looking after their performance coach, looking after their mindset. Like there's, they have a whole network of people. So there's nothing like wrong with getting someone else to sort of like help you out. Um, but exactly what you said, it's the basics. It's building those bare basic minimum habits of like everything that you just mentioned. So I love that advice. And then, so what would you suggest to someone who maybe has been training a little bit longer and is thinking of going into a growth phase what kind of what would you warn them about and what would you like pep talk them about and just what advice you'd give them well I've had a few people ask me like oh have you got any tips because I want to do a build phase and I was like well the first tip is to not focus so much on the scales try and focus more on the performance side of it you know get in there nail your sessions lift heavy because that's what's going to get you that muscle you know, eat well and eat when you're supposed to um, and probably some advice on how to feel better is don't wear your skinny person clothes, you know what I mean? Like find things that you feel comfortable in so you're not uncomfortable at the gym. Um, And again, I'm going to say it again, get a coach. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. It, It's like you, you're not wrong though. Like that's the funny thing is it's, it's everything that you said, like that piece of advice with the performance and also the clothes is massive because people do get tied to like, Oh, but I wanted to wear this. And it's like having a range. I've just looked over it. I've got um like a wardrobe with two different, and one side is like the types that I'll wear when I'm in my fabulous phase. And then the other side is the ones that I reserve for, especially that time of month, but also like when I'm pursuing maintenance or growth, because you are fluffier, you do feel fuller. And you know, our, our clothes, I think I just want to like go on a bit of a tangent, but our clothes are meant to fit our body. We're not meant to fit yes. clothes. Yes. <laughs> like that just blows my mind. And, and to be fair, anyone that is listening, I was in a position where I didn't have that view. I was just like, oh my God, I, I need to fit into this. And then I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. The clothes need to fit me. <laughs> I don't give a fuck what size they are. <laughs> they need to fit me. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, now I, I pre-warned you that I was going to put some spitfire questions in a little rapid fire, but I didn't tell you what they were. So I did tell you one and I feel like we just need to start with that. And then we're just going to go through the first thing that pops to your mind. I just want you to answer it. And there's nothing too crazy. It's probably a little bit too boring. I should have, you know, upped it up the ante a little. Um, but the first one is what is your favorite exercise? Well, you know, the answer is RDLs. Yeah, that's my girl. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. yeah, till I die. <laughs> Legit. Um, so yes, we I did sort of give you an example. So we already knew that one. But next one, mm-hmm. food that you can't live without. Oh, at the moment, 
oats like I'm obsessed yeah yeah obsessed but that could change in a few months if you ask me this question in like six months I'll give you a different answer but for now it's oats I'm the same as that it's like I'll run something for like three months and I'm like oh I hate it now I'm on to the next thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah what is your favorite season summer same, same. yeah 100 summer perfect favorite animal dog I had a feeling one there actually <laughs> how many dogs do you have I have two. Two. I was like, do you have three? No, you've got two. I think, did you, um, did you say that you had three dogs in that two truths and a lie that we did? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Ever since then, I know, like I see your stories. I see the two dogs and I was like, is there a third one? And I'm like, (laughs) where's the other dog? (laughs) PTSD from that. Anyway, um, what's your favorite? So obviously you know your favorite exercise, but what's your favorite body part to train? Like if you were just to train one body part back at the moment I think back's my favorite yeah perfect and then like I would say upper in general like I prefer an upper day but if I had to choose one part it would be back yeah you and me both like obviously my injuries are limiting me a little bit someone's like oh let's mm. do a session together and I was like oh I have numb fingers <laughs> I'm sorry might just park it for a little while my my yeah aren't as fun um but no I'm a I'm a back and you know what like it's it, it's shifting I think it was always like girls just love to train like lower body but I feel like I've loved training upper body and back for like a more, more like in the last 10 years like I would say eight of those years like that's been more of my favorite as opposed to like a lower body have you been like that or is it just recently nah it's more recently I feel like I used to um prefer lower body I'd love a leg day but I think that's just because I thought I was weak in my upper body but as soon as I started getting a little bit stronger I was like upper girl yeah you're like I'm a fucking bad bitch (laughs) yeah Hello. And then the last one is on a scale of one to 10, how excited are you for the photo shoot this weekend? Oh, 10. <laughs> that's easy. Yeah. yeah like, oh, that's so excited. No, I know like we're kind of wrapping things up, but just on that, is a photo shoot something that you'd ever thought you would do? Um, not particularly a photo shoot. I think you and I have discussed like bodybuilding competitions um but I you know my mindset on that's kind of shifted now and I thought like a photo shoot would be pretty cool to do so why not yeah and are you gonna give anyone listening some I mean the photos might be up who knows I'll see when the podcast episode is going to get released but have you sorted out your outfits and want to share anything or are you going to keep it all on tight lips oh well we'll keep it a surprise we'll keep it a surprise but we've got yes they're all ready my outfits all ready I think I've got four different looks to do um but yes and then a big meal afterwards dinner after I'm so excited I've already looked at the menu (laughs) I love it I've you know what I've done the same thing that's the you know I feel like most people like listening are kind of like getting into that same space as well it's like all right let's look ahead figure out what we're gonna eat make it all work see and just get excited about it but again like not glorifying the food but it will be fun to sort of catch up with everyone after the fact and yes photo shoot number two um to be running first time you're shooting but yeah it's gonna be such a fun day um thank you so much for your time it's been so like it's it's been such an awesome conversation I hope people hear a lot of value um, obviously I'll leave all the links to things that I've described where we can find you to keep following along on your hundred kilo PB that you're about to hit. Cause it's not far. It's, it's coming. coming. It's coming. 
Uh, awesome. All right. Thank you so much. And we will see you guys in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the You But More Powerful podcast. If you're determined to continue to expand and grow and reach heights you never thought were possible, you'll want to make sure you're subscribed so you'll never miss out on a single episode. If you loved today's, I would absolutely love your feedback and to see you tag at you but more powerful underscore podcast on Instagram. See you guys in the next episode.